Hey everyone, Greg Staley here from Diverge Media, joined by our correspondent Paul Staley. How are you on this fine, not working Monday? I'm pretty good on this holiday. Yeah, I didn't we, realize it was a holiday. But we apparently have freedoms on. Oh, yeah, I know the irony. I didn't even realize it was a holiday. Kate told me this morning and uh, I was doing work. I compiled all the all-cause mortality for 2020 um and piled up all the data sets so they have it divided four different age groups zero to 45 i think it's 45 to 65 65 to 84 and then 85 plus times 52 weeks so you can imagine <laughs> the amount i don't so they don't give you the full number you have to look it up so you go into the data set and it gives you a week by week breakdown and so yeah i came to the number i thought i'd bring this up for everyone here i'll be writing an article breaking down the data further but basically, I was eerily close, Paul. I was so close to being dead on my estimate. It, almost, I get, it gives me chills. All right. So the total number of deaths in 2020, 303,350. That is the all-cause mortality 2020 Canada. It is up. And I did say this was likely to be the case in my article. Where are we at? Here we are. Sorry, everyone. So it should be. Yeah, it should be, um, and it's what you would expect for multiple reasons, and we'll go into what you think and what uh, after. But, yeah, 2018, 283, 015, 2019, 20, 283, 035, and then 2020 I had, where is it? I guessed, oh, get this, Paul. I guessed 301,343 based on my projections. What I did is I guessed that there's two months of missing data plus uh, another two weeks, and I estimated that data, and I was off by uh, like 2,000. So, but uh, I go into describe why I think like, all cause mortality would be up. 
one of the things I point to, but we haven't seen the data back up. At least I can't get my hands on the reports. I expected suicides to go up. Uh, all the precursors to suicide are going up. So that's why I led that way. Opioid overdoses, I expected to go up. Missed cancer screenings as a result. People dying with conditions undiagnosed, I expected to go up. Depression and anxiety actually make you more susceptible to illness. So I expected more all-cause mortality based on that. Uh, as well, because when you're stressed out, your body, your immune system doesn't work as well, and you're actually more susceptible to coronaviruses, rhinoviruses, you name it. So I predicted higher uh, all-cause mortality based on the lockdown, stressing people out, basically, and kind of the opioid overdoses, alcoholism, and all the other contributing factors. What's your take? I mean, aging population is a thing, too, that yeah. it was bound to be higher, but... I, in the grand scheme of things, when you look back 10 years, 20 years from now at this year, you wouldn't be able to pinpoint a pandemic if you had never lived it. Well, this is the thing. So I want to put that number in perspective. Like we're, you've got to keep in mind, we had a population increase in 2020 as well. So you have to mitigate that into your equation. But basically we're up like 15,000 deaths with the population increase. Um, and that's including people that didn't die of COVID. Like that's a lot of people that were dying of other causes, missed issues. And so when you look at that, it kind of makes you wonder where they're coming at this from. Like how would you know it was a pandemic unless it was hammered into you? It was. It, it's a minor yeah. increase. It's slightly up in the uh, mortality per 100,000. I think it went like 288 to 300. Um but a lot of that could be mishandling too. We know early on during this, I got to look over the data set again because I have it week by week, but like we were sending um, sick people into nursing homes. That was a, a strategy we had. And I think that those type of things are were probably problematic for death counts. Yeah. There is another individual and in place that had that same strategy and that was New York and it was Andrew Cuomo. And so uh, how'd, that, how'd that work out for him? Yeah, right? we have so like we were stupid, is what <laughs> we were. Like, let's not get it twisted. Like, our media is going to rip him apart for what he did, which was including sending sick people to um, long term care, which is what we did. And we're not going to rip ourselves apart about that. Like, you should, like, there's no media out there that wants to cover that. Well, you should know by now, it's a strategy of the Canadian media to look at the Americans and say, look at those idiots, so we don't have to acknowledge the stupidity here at home. So. Yeah, no, it is true, right? Like, But like well, I was saying, like, if you were to have a child today, 20 years down the road, you gave them the all-cause mortality for the last 40 years, whatever, whatever, pick a number, yeah. right? That encompasses this year and last and said, point out, point out where the pandemic was. It's going to be this, right? You're, here's your plateau line, be, and um, oh, and then back. And like, yeah, it's it's not saying it's pro not problematic, but our purport, like our handling of this. You talk about 20, 40 years if you had a kid. But today. you can't you can't sit here and say that the pandemic even caused that slight upgrade, like no increase, right? Like you could easily, easily say that the reaction to mm -hmm. the pandemic cause those upticks just as easy. like we've already heard numerous people come out and say it's been reported widely that suicides were listed as covid deaths like okay well there's an uptick in suicides there's an uptick in opiate overdoses an uptick in you know this that the other women's shelters are full because you're forcing people inside 
to do nothing. And you know, the saying is idle minds, right? You know what I mean? Like, so what were we expecting to happen based upon a Chinese led idea? Cause they've been known to handle people well, that we should probably follow their lead on this and look where it got us. Like the numbers are out. There's reports coming out now that it is more deadly. Roman Baber was right. So, you know, you couldn't even, like I said, you couldn't even point to, if you were ignorant to the topic, like a child who was born today, 20 years down the road, would, wouldn't know because they didn't live it. And you told them to point out where the pandemic was, wouldn't really be able to point it out. Like, yeah, without all the context behind. Yeah, like. And then even if you did somehow land on 2020 <laughs> and then dug into the data, you would be like, really? There was a pandemic here? Well, okay, so you're talking about the data that's coming out. Like, so Justice Center, Manitoba, uh, Manitoba chief bi microbiologist and laboratory specialist under oath admitted. Okay, so I'm just going to read it here. We don't want to take it out, but here's from the Justice Center uh, press report. Dr. Bullard testified that the most accurate way to determine if someone's actually infectious was to grow a cell culture, something I've been talking about for over a year. If a cell culture will not grow the virus in a lab, a patient's not likely infectious. So and then he goes on, he goes on to yeah. say, a study from Bullard and his colleagues found that only 44% of positive results would actually grow in the lab. Put another way, 56% of people that are testing positive aren't infectious with anything. You've turned their life upside down. So take this and extrapolate it to hospitals as well where they're mandatory testing that means on average one out of two of those people didn't actually have it weren't infectious with anything and it, we know like less than five percent of people died solely with covid so how many well it was the other comorbidities got there like when you look at alzheimer's and dementia's top uh, pre-comorbidities it's telling you that the average age of this thing is in older people because that's why that is a common pre-comorbidity. And those are people, the average age of life here in Canada is 82 and a half years. And I think it's been about that with the average age of death. Which you can now take that data and apply it to vaccine distribution. The narrative of we need 12 year olds to get a vaccine. Do we? Because <laughs> this is like, let's not get it twisted. These vaccines are relatively safe. Yep. Would they get approved under normal circumstances? Probably not. At having said that, it is under emergency status. Should we be ushering it out to give to children who are not relatively unaffected yep. by this less than the seasonal flu without comorbidities? If you're a healthy child, like there's there's no reason. There's no reason. And I feel bad for people for feeling like they, there's got to be a ton of people who have been manipulated to believe that like we have to go get this. This is terrifying. Here's there's still the, a small segment of the population who has that line of thinking. The biggest fallacy for me, and I've never understood, is it's just supposed to reduce symptoms. There's no proof it's reducing transmission. And if we're doing the right things anyways as a society, and we have the proper safety nets in place where people don't feel obliged to go into work when they're actually symptomatic and sick, this isn't an issue. We know asymptomatic spread is not a thing. It's, I mean, barely less than 5%, if anything. Like we look at the Wuhan study. So it's all been based on a farce. I don't understand how we've gotten here because the data set doesn't back it up. I think we're at a point, like I want to bring this up, Paul, 23 states and counting. <laughs> and you see, I, this I already know what you're going to say. 
<laughs> 22, sorry, 22. So this is a map of the United States. It's like, this is, this is our next door neighbor. Like, I don't know, guys, like, oh, just turn off CBC, CTV, like, turn off the mainstream media here and look outside of your bubble. And you'll it's be not even just the states either. It's no. everywhere on the planet, it seems, is getting their lives back. Even the UK that we love to point to while the like things were bad over there. Mm-hmm. Hey, look at how bad they're struggling. Third wave, third wave, third wave. Third wave came. They vaccinated a whole bunch of people faster than us. Well, now they're living lives better than ours because now you don't hear about that now, do we? Now that the narrative doesn't fit the mold. Yep. We don't hear about the UK struggles anymore because they're sitting on patios having beers with friends right now. I want to put pepper in this here, Paul, and you're going to love this. So I got the data, everyone. Uh, we like to do this directly from the source. This is from uh, Texas Dasp- or, sorry, the Texas dashboard on uh, COVID and also our health.gov. Whoa, wrong one. So here we are. This is Ontario as an example. We had May 23rd yesterday, 1,691 cases. Okay, when we flip over to Texas, they had 519 today, or whenever this data sets, 23rd. Yep, same day. So 519 versus 1600. Now, the only difference, it's not like I think Texas has uh, done so much better and their strategy was amazing. I, I looked into it. They don't test asymptomatic people. I think that's the only difference. Yeah. You drop, okay, you're at work. Hey, buddy boy, I know you were exposed. But is, he, is he symptomatic? No, we're not testing the whole workplace then with a test that is 56% false positives in the lab. That's what we're getting out of Manitoba. So this, that's the only I, difference. I'm literally looking at um, just a Google search of asymptomatic spread in Canada. Okay. Yep. Top results, CTV News, at least one in three COVID-19 infections are asymptomatic. Article right below it. CTV news, coronavirus spread by asymptomatic people appears to be rare. Mm. It can't be both guys. It's the same outlet. So we've been lied to about asymptomatic spread for how long, but the first thing that would happen when you walked in front of a physician, what are your symptoms? I don't have any quit wasting my time. Why are you in my office? Like I'm a doctor. I'm busy. Don't waste my time. This is fundamentally what they've done. They shift to telehealth. You don't have to go into your doctor's office. Your doctor doesn't care if you call him because you got a cough, right? They get paid yeah. for those visits now over the phone. So we've created this system that incentivizes those- poor health care. Make no mistake about it. I got to get this out there. This telehealth digital shit they're pushing, part of my language, it is worse healthcare. Make no mistake about it. There's a reason you go to a doctor so you can talk to them. They ask things. They're they're feeling you. They're asking questions. There's supposed to be a relationship there, and we've totally kiboshed that in the name of like, oh, we got to do this because COVID. It's like, my goodness. No, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. The system wasn't broken in that regard. Yeah, I mean – like it, just, it can't be a tool. Sorry. It takes away the the visual. It takes away. It makes it more of a nuisance to have that back and forth Q and A. Like, mm-hmm. what about this? What about this? You know what I mean? And if you like, there's so many doctors out there who are like online talking about how bad telehealth is. To be like on telehealth, this person said they were told this was their issue. When I saw them, it was much, 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 much worse. Like, so. It's not working. That avenue should maybe be if you're concerned and call and be like, should I go to the hospital? 
maybe just having that echoing voice to be like, yeah, you have reason to be concerned. You should go see a doctor. But that's all that should ever be used for is like, yep. yeah, you got something going on. Go see a doctor. Like, well, like, because now you're at the point where like, if you don't know the right questions to ask, right? How is that, how is that any different than WebMD? We make fun of people for doing that. How is that? Yeah, exactly. You're shooting in the dark. Oh, I got a rash and itch is kind of doctor. What do you think? And he's, what is this? Like uh psychic telehealth? Like you don't, like, it's not the same. <laughs> you go into a doctor's office and one of the first things they do is what? Check your heartbeat. They weigh uh, blood pressure. Can you do that over the phone? Nope. <laughs> you're missing a lot of pieces of the puzzle. Well, why would they be doing that when you're in office? It must not be that important if they do it every time you're in the doctor's office. You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> sure. So eight-month-old nephew was sent for x-rays because they thought he had pneumonia. It was just bronchitis. They would have known if they had seen him in person. There you go. Yeah, for sure. example, in real life. And, and this is the thing is like they're pushing this telehealth and digital. Don't get me wrong. There's a place for that as a tool, as a supplement in a system that's over run but to say that, like yeah. you don't need to have that in like man they you call your doctor's office good luck getting in right now but you, it, <laughs> like your point on webmd is it's basically that <laughs> yeah. it's instead of doing a google search you're making a phone call nope like the what webmd is giving you is from studies right like you're you're, You're getting, getting better web more, MD, probably. Someone more educated than you is relaying you information, but they're not seeing you in person. They're almost the same in that regard. What's the difference between an online chat with a sales rep versus a phone call? Like it's not much different, right? Like, but Don't it's not be speaking this logic. The same as being in front of somebody, especially if I have an issue with the sale, and I can sit there and complain in their office versus them just being able to hit a button and make me go away. It's very different, right? Like you can't compare the two. Yeah, and to your point about an older aging population, I just have the key indicators up here on StatsCan. 6.835 million Canadians. That's the number of elderly out of 39 million, 38 million, roughly. So, which, which uh, tell me how many policies have come through to help LTCs in the last year? Thank you. Yeah, ask I mean, me, ask me if I should listen to my government because they tell me they care so much, but hey. How has search capacity increased over the last year? Has it for now or for long term? It has not. So has it? Uh... Sorry, I think we lost. No, 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 no. Sorry, I was trying to go like let you go on a rant. I was trying to give you the floor. <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. I'll I'll be here. But yeah, like fourteen. Uh... 14, what were we, 15 months, 16 months, haven't got one policy come across to help LTCs. The uh, military investigation deemed it uh, too expensive, is what they were quoted as saying, for the government to actually step in and help. And what we did do for them was keep their family away from them, and to the point where I know people whose uh, relatives have passed away refusing health care because they didn't want to be here anymore, essentially. So that's what our government has done. So allow me to just take their advice on everything because they care so much and we're in this together guys truly we care surge capacity for for moments like this surge capacity is what you want in a hospital yep. for these random influxes in patients for the unpredictable the ability to do that canada's is pathetic let's just 
we point to the states and all the issues that they have so we don't have to talk about our own our health care is free mm. well we can't really point to that in the states anymore because obamacare went through it's hard to hide during a pandemic it's hard to hide with the premier who said he'd fix it and didn't and it's becoming very hard to hide that fact that gta is carrying what 80 percent of the COVID cases in this province and have we built another hospital? Have we yep. added any policy to surge capacity? Ask me if I care what your opinion is anymore. I don't. Yep, we're we're so past it. Like I, I mean, we we've gone over this. I, I feel like we just preached to the choir here, but it's where we 15, 16 months, and you've all these promises, all this money. You should have just sent everyone back to work and said, guys, I know you're scared, like, and then talked about all the facts you knew, and then poured money into long-term care and hospitals, if that's what the problem is. And people would have respected it over time. There's no leadership in this country, and that's why we're at what You should have educated off the hop. Like, did you have, you know, 90% of us fooled for four to six weeks? Yeah, sure. We, we, you sold it to us like it was the scariest thing on the planet. So yeah, and then like four weeks in, we were like, hey, nothing's happened. I want to go back to life. You know, what, what they should have really done, if you've read anything about SARS-1 and how they handled that, it was load up on PPE, allow your healthcare workers to only work in one area. So if you worked in a hospital and an LTC, well, it's time to decide yep. because we can't have you spreading it from here to there. Like imagine working part-time in the hospital and being around coronavirus patients and then going to an LTC, you know, those things yep. are happening should have never happened. Well, and it's worse than that. It's <clears throat> they're going in to multiple places and they're so understaffed. They're going in sick. Like that's yeah. happening. Make no mistake well, about it. Where's their sick pay. Mm -hmm. Ask me if I care about your opinion anymore. Thank you. Right. So, and then on top of that, I mean, in actuality, we know that any virus, affects elderly because essentially you're immunocompromised as you age and it seems to be 70 plus ish where it starts to like show mm -hmm. as like a whole you should have protected your elderly and the ltcs you didn't right any virus any virus not just panda any any virus you should do these things you should probably pick up some of these policies every winter for your LTCs um, to protect them. And the flip side to that is you want to reach herd immunity. So vaccines are only going to get us 1% closer to that. We actually need people to get sick to get to herd immunity. No one wants to talk about that. And also it's best that you should kids do, get sick because they spread it around in lower bingo. viral amounts. Your working class, healthy individuals <laughs> should have been in work, in businesses who are relatively unaffected by these viruses, getting it to build natural immunity, which is far superior to vaccines, so that there was a herd immunity, so that long-term, your elderly are unaffected. Your strong needed to bear the blunt of this mm -hmm. so that the weak could survive. We elected to lock down our strong, make, make them weaker. weak. <laughs> by having them gain weight by having them turn um get be more anxious be more depressed turn to alcohol turn to drugs shut down, the, shut down the outlets shut down the gym shut down the concerts shut down close the their businesses um take all hope they have for a future in this country by taking their retirement taking their home taking their paychecks taking their savings 
all of their travel plans, their wed destination weddings that they'll never get to attend, and mm -hmm. take that all away instead of allowing them to live their lives so that you could actually have a concrete plan. This is what I hate about when we talk about, you know, this woke nonsense where it's like, don't come at me with feelings, come at me with facts. I don't want to hear your, we feel that, no, if you start your sentence with something this serious, with an I feel statement, please just do yourself a favor and shut up. Well, I need facts. Oh my gosh. We yeah. had set sample sizes. Up. We had <laughs> templates of which we could follow. Our military had layout. You it's just said, good. no, well, we feel like what the Chinese did work. Well, now I it's feel like they lied, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, so who benefited from this a lot? Do you notice I when everybody was shut down, China opened up? I haven't like, seen anybody drop dead in the street in Canada, so maybe they lied, guys. Like might have been exaggerated. Just yeah, I remember watching one of the videos where the guy collapsed in the street and braced himself for impact when he <laughs> yeah, like thought to and go just... whoop. <laughs> and I looked. I was by myself, but I was like, nobody around. else saw. Yeah, I feel like looking around there. I need a witness to this, right? Like, I'm not crazy. I did see that, right? Like, uh, <laughs> But it's comical that people bought in, not just, like, general public, because they're, like, they're at no fault here, but government bought in was like, oh, yeah, you know, we need to follow this lead. I think line I, and sinker and just ate it up. Well, and at then this refused point, they, to pivot. It that's what awful. it is. It they, is awful. They've refused to pivot because now it's political. I don't know how it's still politically convenient, but they're like, okay, so this whole, I criticize the reopening plan. What reopening plan? We broke down the uh, the, the numbers third, for vaccination. Here it is. Is this the one? When, you, when your third phase of reopening says terms like should, should, maybe, could be, if, could be, should be able to, <laughs> we're not actually open, are we, right? Like, Give me a break. It was a joke as soon as it got released and it got ripped apart by uh, anyone who owns a business and all of their governing bodies as well. So let's hit three data points. First off, Lancet, August 2020. Uh, increased mortality per million people was significantly associated with higher obesity prevalence and per uh, capita gross domestic product were associated with higher mortality anyways. Reduced income dispersion, reduced mortality, and the number of critical cases. Rapid, rapid border closures, full lockdowns, widespread testing were not associated with COVID-19 mortality per million people. August 2020. Second data point, where are we at? This is the vaccination rates around the world. Currently, Israel is leading the world. 60% vaccination rate, which is our rate for just step one, which still leaves you with little freedom. And my point is their months, I, I ripped them apart in it. And it's like, guys, everybody's like, oh, it's going to be okay. Things are going to get better soon. Whoa. Like everybody's super optimistic all of a sudden on this vaccine rollout that they continually screw up. <laughs> so I don't know how we got there, but we went from Israel is way ahead of us. They're at 60%. Now that's our goal to hit step one, which is like, can I play outdoors with my friends and have a barbecue? Maybe. And, and uh, yeah. if you look at the language of the actual reopening uh, of what they said, it's like, yeah, a lot of if, if this happens, if yeah. this happens. I've always, uh, I've always enjoyed law and <laughs> a lot of my schooling um, business based dealt with a lot of contractual law. So you tend to pick up on those little phrases just like it's like built into you the should be able to could happen 
Like, what do you mean should and could? Like, what are, yeah. are we talking definites? Hey, if I sign my name here, this is my life. <laughs> we're talking definites or are we talking maybes? Like, give me concrete statements. Don't I think it literally says if ICU stays low, if hospitalizations and cases remain low, and they set no target for none. So there's no and number then, attached to it. But trust me, bro. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure. Trust me. The goalposts yeah. are going to shift ten more times before we even get close. We're going to get they're, what they're going to do. It's, is, what's really going to happen is people are going to stop caring. Mm -hmm. So what I've noticed is every time a large chunk of the population just doesn't give a crap what the government says anymore. Kind of like basketball courts, golf courses, splash pads. All of a sudden, they backpedal and allow us to have it as if they still control the narrative, right? Yeah, because they can't. That's admit what's going to happen. Don't. That's what's really going to happen is the vast majority <laughs> are going to reopen their businesses. They're going to realize they're doing it behind our backs and not paying taxes on these things. So we're missing an opportunity here. How many barbershops are open right now that cash only guys <laughs> are not allowed to actually be open right now? Yep. You're just a friend helping a friend and you're exchanging some money. That's all it is. Like, you know what I mean? But that's what's going to happen is people are just going to go back to living, just be fed up, go back to living, and then they're going to go, okay, it's okay now. Because the goalposts are going to shift, they're probably going to shift in the average person's favor because we ain't hitting 70%. No. Well, I think what, like it's what, an extraction country has? at this point. None. Well, there's did you one, set like, it high enough island. to bear, did you, like, do you, you know, it's kind of like that friend who's always light. <laughs> so like if you got like a 3 o'clock start, you're like, hey, be there by 2.30. Is that what they did here? Like. We'll say 70, but we expect 60. Is that what kind of what the deal was here? Like, yeah. hey, guys, 70%, we'll get you this. So they encourage people. Because you know it's all about optics with politicians that Yo. we oh, need I to finesse the terms and narratives and be very careful with how we display these things well, they so that we get the result wrong. Right? So even in his announcement the other day, I'll read from it. He said, these measures... He was aware that his government's measures came, quote, came with a great price, but said, quote, speaking to you today, I can say that these measures have worked. So they'll never admit that these lockdowns were more harmful than uh, beneficial. Like this is, so you talk about they're going to pivot when people force them to pivot. I want to, like we said, this is going to yeah, be yeah. one so. episode. One in five businesses expected to close. And Dan Kelly basically said he's getting a lot of emails of people just ready, fed up ready to open up, but now's the time. Like the longer you wait, you're just going to lose your business anyways. You might as well open today and start recouping yeah. the loss. Go down swinging. Music. Yeah. So I just looked up um, Saskatchewan's reopening plan because we, we've referenced it that it was something. It was great. Like yeah. we, we've, we've said that. It's not great, but it's something and it's the concrete plan. But even there, step three, some, a sentence like this is what is go, makes you go, whoa. <laughs> Step three, 70, target 70% of 18 and older population. Most remaining restrictions will be lifted. Which ones? <laughs> Why not all of them? These are the types of things that make you go, ha. Huh. There you go. I got it bannered up forever now. Forever included. <laughs> Like, <laughs> most remaining restrictions will be lifted. Step three, isn't that 70% or 75? 70% of 18 plus population. Okay. Most will be restrictions will be lifted. Lifted. 
guidance on gathering sizes and indoor masking is still being developed. Mm. Okay, that public health orders from step two on gathering sizes and indoor masking will remain in place until that guidance is finalized. What does that guidance being finalized mean? <laughs> it means whatever the political like, you know what I mean? is. It's just concerning knowing that they just shift the goalposts over and over and over and over again to keep this going to whatever their end game is. Whether well, the end game is to get 70% vaccinated, but we aren't even treating vaccinated people like they're vaccinated. Like you want 70% of people vaccinated. You can do whatever you want if you're vaccinated. Oh, yeah, right. And we're not even doing it. that. Yeah. Want to go to a concert? Well, vaccinated only. I mean, you shouldn't do that. But why are we still wearing masks if you're fully vaccinated? Why are you like? Well, because you don't want to be considered a Republican or conservative, apparently. If you listen to the, the Twitter feeds of a lot of people posting why they're still wearing their mask after vaccination. Um, but a little bit on that. Dan Kelly of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. This is a direct quote. Caught him on AM 900. Data shows that across Canada, we are expecting 180,000 business fatalities, 75,000 of those in Ontario. This is on top of the 60,000 businesses that closed in 2020. That means that crossed, that across Canada, one in six businesses will close, and in Ontario, one in five, given the length of the measures. That's 20% of Ontario's businesses we expect to disappear because of the lockdown measures okay so you're advocating you know for lockdowns you think you're saving people how many people are you going to steal their homes from how many people are you going to put their children out of a home out of a you know what i mean how many people get to be kicked out of their jobs it's not a hypothetical like there's a real life cost to this there's been more years of life loss 285 times i think it was that expert put out 285 times more life lost as a result of lockdowns versus saved. What are we yeah. doing? They don't know. They never have. <laughs> they don't have a clue. I hope if this ever happens again in our lifetime, everyone who lived this one goes, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. We ain't going down that road again. Screw you. I'd like to think so, but I think people are so... I just, I really worry. I think somebody else said this, but after, if they just say, hey, life can go back to normal now, and they massage the narrative somehow, that it's just like, we did the best we could. It's like, no, you didn't. I literally, nobody can look me in the eye at this point and say they're doing the best they can because it's an ego thing. It's a leadership deficiency. It's nobody wanting to come out and admit they were wrong and pivot and have a bit of moral courage to go, hey, I know I hurt a lot of people with my decisions. I'm sorry, yeah. but that will never happen. And I'm worried that when we finally start getting things back, they're just people are going to eat it up and the narrative and the history books will get massaged and it will be a soft version at best of the real truth. And that's why I believe it's on people like us, Diverge Media and Independence, authors out there watching this, putting the data. If you've been following this, consider writing about it. If you've really been following the data, like, People need to get that into the history quick. <laughs> and you watch what they do online, like the Ontario Nursing Association deleted their webpage or deleted their uh, blog post about them winning their court decision against mandatory masking in 2015 and, and 2018. They took it down. 
Yeah, scrubbed it. Yeah. Scrubbed it. So it's like I'm not kidding when I'm saying like you need to get that info somewhere like hard. It's, it's crazy because it's very 1984-ish. No, if y'all. It, doesn't that feel we, that way? That if you allow the government to write the narrative, they just write it the way they want it see, seen, right? Like, and every day the narrative wrong, changes. Yeah. Five years from now, they can go back to that article they released today and change it to make it seem like they are correct. Like, by the way, China does that, and they do. They because do. They, they just scrubbed an article on masking by nurses. This is what they do. This is. It's, it's disgusting. Is, I mean, nobody believes me. Let's see if I can find it here for everyone. Um, Ontario Nursing Association mandatory mask. When I like the the post is still there, like, but you can't find it on their actual thing. So, yeah, here if you go to Newswire had it here. I'm gonna pull it up for everyone. Let's see if I can find it here. It has a link somewhere. Full decision is available here. So you can still see, like, you still find the court decision link. So this Newswire is, um, like, a bloggers and journalist place you can go for news stories to keep in the, the loop. So it's a full copy of the decisions available here. You can still go, like, they scrubbed it here, but that's not where I'm looking. So I can't even find the actual blog post anymore. Like, I think that might be gone now, the link to it. Yeah. yeah, use use DuckDuckGo because Google won't give you anything. That's what I use. <laughs> I well, can see that, yeah. ONA Winsight, yeah, Canadian Lawyer Mag reported on it. Like, you can still find many, many credible sources. You can find the court decision itself in, like, a couple of clicks, but you can't find it on the ONA website. Tell me how that makes I, wa I wonder why <laughs> they, want, they want Bill C-10 so bad. Oh, I wonder why. Well, it's, yeah, I already I know. Why. They're going to come so for all all it's like ours. All these little offshoot opinion pieces or, you know, relay of information from what their layout would disappear. So now you'd only have their story. Well, this is the other thing is you're going to get taxed as a result of like a YouTube platform and you're already getting taxed. So you got to, you got to be through CRTC regulation and make no mistake about it. Then that means X amount needs to be Canadian content. So if you're, for instance, a Canadian commenting on American politics, I don't know. They might turn around and say you need to cover an X amount of Canadian content now to stay. And not that though, that doesn't affect us at all, but you know what I mean? So let's not get it twisted. If I was making a good chunk of money off of YouTube and they tried to do this to me, I just moved to the United States. <laughs> like they buy like yeah. i'm sorry like you're obviously paying an income tax so you, you want that money or not because i'm leaving if you don't like if you want to like monitor i don't know why we have to take create creative outlets and then tell people how to run them. you know that's how i feel about art school too it's just like <laughs> art is supposed to be like free uh, and open but now let's teach you how to make it. Like that doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. Like so it's, this bill it's, is just like, <laughs> hey, you can create all these like super artistic videos and this and that, but we're also gonna like monitor it and like put rules on it and like <laughs> well, okay, they so they wanna I be able to nuke it within twenty four hours. That was my understanding. So they wanna be able to nuke content within 24 hours if it's they said the one thing that creeped me out because i was like that could be anything was like if it's against the social cohesion of the society that's what? concerning what like what do you mean day. like if i talk smack about how bad you're governing society governing if, society? i mean if we keep bringing up, 
If we keep oh, bringing up your blackface, are you gonna get mad about it? Like, <laughs> like one, two, three, four, I mean, five. How many times? Yeah. The prime like, minister sexually <laughs> assaults one woman, and we keep bringing it up, right, Justin? Like, that's what you're gonna scrub. We already it know. Turns out when you're a feminist and you're a self-proclaimed feminist, and stories like that come out, and they just remember it differently, people remember. Yeah, people don't forget, Justin. Um, <laughs> Clearly she hasn't. and No. So I shouldn't laugh at that, like, in all seriousness. Like, it, like, like, in all seriousness, that's the first thing that's going to be, as soon as you talk about certain trigger points, it's already happening on certain platforms that are monitoring themselves, which is classic. A classic yeah. technique. We don't need you to monitor us. I'll monitor us. Trust Hilarious. Me. Trust me. <laughs> it'll be fine. Don't and then you get to filter whatever you want, so the government's hand in your pocket. But like that's going to be the first thing that goes. It's like it's happening with like certain photos you put up. If you put up certain like Hitler photos right now on a Facebook, your band's coming within the hour. Oh yeah, like you know I what wanna, I mean. Like, I, I don't even know if you images, do it in a historical songs. context anymore. Like, could you just talk about Hitler in a historical context, like from history? This happened what without I, a disclaimer being put on it. Probably I don't know. Well, we talked I don't even about know how they do it because, like, I get like there's certain talking points and stuff, but with the pandemic now, it's like if you screenshot anything and it doesn't even have the word pandemic or COVID in it or vaccine, it still somehow gets flagged as like you get those little disclaimers on the bottom COVID 19 is blah, 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 blah. I think they literally go through the tags of the articles now. And if you tagged it or if they recognize, they might even be combing through the actual words in the articles that have an algorithm. Because I've wondered too, it's like, how is my, sometimes when I post, you want to talk about censorship that's affected us, there'll be certain articles I post that I can't post the thumbnail to because of the, either the title, I don't know why. It will only let me post my logo. So that's when you see those ones and no rhyme or reason to it. And then the other one was we were out, we were trying to make it part of our platform. It's like, everyone's got their bias. Make no mistake about it. We're all biased. I have my bias. Paul has his bias. But what we were trying to do is live coverage of events from start to finish, unimpeded. Here's what happened here in like, I wasn't putting disclaimers on it, but we got flagged and had a video taken down for medical misinformation because either somebody said something in it or it was flagged by the algorithm. And I, I, I've challenged it, guaranteed it won't get anywhere. It's just like, can I not, we're a registered organization. This is what I asked. Can I not go to an event and show things unbiasedly? Do I need to do a, like a disclaimer before? Caution, what you're about to hear is likely not like, what do you want me to say? Like, I will do whatever, make me jump through the hoops, just make the hoops clear and I'll do it in the meantime because the well, other outlets say, aren't yeah. there, right? Like make I would it love there And then like, you can't even have a platform where like, anyone from the medical field right now can have an open discussion and like throw ideas off of each other, even presented as that. Like, Hey, we're going to be talking about this today and our ideas and thoughts on it. No, you can't. Doctors. You can't. You can't. It'll, get, own it'll get ripped for medical misinformation immediately, which is hilarious because the stuff that they put out as medical truths have been changed after the fact because they were incorrect and they were in fact the actual medical misinformation. So it's, it's just like, and there's certain songs too that are automatically flagged. It's so easy for them to censor us is why Bill C-10 needs to die. I don't know why they keep rehashing it. Like how many times have we got to vote a thing down before it gets coming back to the table? Like this well, is the equivalent I, of like a five-year-old asking mommy and daddy, please, 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 until they cave. Like that's what he's hoping for, right? Like, 
Oh, it feels like every every time they get heat around the debate, all of a sudden it gets quelled and it's on the back burner for a little bit. This is what they've been doing. It feels like every time they feel like they can maybe get it through as some other stuff's going on, all of a sudden they're debating it again. Make no mistake about it. They don't want attention on this. There's a reason they, you know, they they literally overnight, what was it? It was included in the legislation. It wouldn't affect independent platforms like YouTubers, things like that. And then they changed the legislation to pull that out. Yeah. Like and didn't tell anyone. <laughs> so it's like, and then everybody fought who fought the good fight, um, signing petitions and whatnot, are basically back. And then it's just like they're just trying to like wear you down or pass it in the middle of the night, basically, and have no one notice or put it out during a news cycle where everything else is concentrated on something else more important. The blocks that they would put break. it in under the rug, like you know what I mean. Like it's just. It keeps getting rehashed, and there's no reason for it. People hate it. If you actually cared to represent the people, people hate it. And an overwhelming majority hate it, and they don't want it. And they keep bringing it up. And the same with carbon tax. Over half the people don't want carbon tax. We got carbon tax. There's a disconnect between our government and us. They do not care anymore. Well, it's- and that's the real problem. It's like, do we got to go back to elections annually? Or, like, do we need something that it's like, okay, hey, like, Voter regret yeah. is a real thing, and then we're stuck for four years. Like, we need a nuclear option in Canada. That's what I, I, I you're exactly right. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, you should be able to, as a Canadian population, as our, our country should be able to go, you suck at your job. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not waiting around until there's an election coming up. We have X amount of petitions in each area or each province. Maybe there's a threshold. If your approval you rating gets to Doug Ford levels where it's 18%. Is it like, or whatever it is right now, it's really low. I think it's 18%. Approval? You should just immediately just be walked out the door. Like, <laughs> don't, like, how is it okay to have a premier who doesn't have a boss? Well, for four years, essentially, right? Like, you, you can be unpopular. You, you can, can be terrible at your job and do whatever you want for basically three <laughs> then turn around and run your election campaign trying to get reelected, but your approval rating could be zero for three. In theory, yeah. everybody in your province could hate you, every single one of them, and it wouldn't matter. You, yeah, there, it, the low approval thing needs to be okay, though, because sometimes good leadership decisions are unpopular, <laughs> wouldn't you agree? So it needs to be like a vote yeah, threshold like, in there. Then, generally, those topics aren't exciting enough or affect enough people to have an approval rating go to 18%. Like it's hard to say 18. Yeah, I know. I know. I like, mean, you, you could probably find a higher approval for like a dog turd at this point. It sounds bad, but I mean, if you took just like a random Instagram pic, you could probably find higher approval for just random objects at this point. Yeah, like you could have a cat <laughs> run for election and it would get a higher approval rating than 18%. Like, yeah, that's kind of crazy. Well, is it, it though? It would definitely make less wrong decisions. So he just, they're trying to put it through now to extend the emergency injunction to December 1st. Okay, you think this guy cares right now? This is the exact reason why you need a mechanism to stop this madness. It should have already been through the court process where they had to prove the Oaks proportionality of the constitutional and charter violations. It hasn't. Should have had to go through legislative uh, approval. And then part of that approval should be that it has 
to meet the Oaks proportionality test. You shouldn't just be able to continually extend that's, emergency orders without ever meeting the constitutional and charter threshold yeah, that's required by our honestly, law. That is what I hope for uh, comes through all of this is that these types of things like the emergency measures and all that need to go through the Oaks before they get rolled out. How is it? What, if it's this important in the middle of a pandemic that we have these measures in place, why can't we cancel everything in court that day and push it back and push everything back a day and have it seen or have it after hours and seen it someone needs priority. to pick it up. It should take priority. Right? So like, there's no reason that you couldn't say, Hey, we need quarantine hotels for this, this, and this. Okay. We'll hear it at 9am tomorrow morning. Yep. That's, that's what and it should let's be. Let's hash it out for the whole day and we'll make a decision. And but what we'll say it? this does this or does this not meet? And we'll come to a conclusion that these things don't meet. Get rid of them. What's the reality? Gonna, <clears throat> I think the reality is they kicked it down the can, right? Uh, Alberta, Pastor James Coates, he wanted to challenge it based on constitutionality and based on the charter. You don't have to provide. They want. They got granted. The government got granted an injunction to not have to provide their scientific evidence to back their lockdowns. Guys, this is. I mean, uh, come on. We're fifteen. Even if you're like maybe supportive of these measures, I would hope you're supportive of our rule and law and that you would agree that it's kind of insane at this point that the courts haven't had a say on the like the constitutionality of all these measures as a whole. It hasn't gone through the Oaks test yet. It will. Mm. They're still going to see it. I don't, they can it only run so long, right? They're yeah. still going to see it. And that's like, my hope is that like next time we're going to see this roll out a lot differently because the precedent will be set now. That's all I'm the only good that can come from this at this point <coughs> is that. And like a, we need to get a, away from like listening to these governing bodies like the WHO um, and think like people like CDC that like they're the be all end all that like, okay, well the World Health Organization gets to define a pandemic. Yeah. Why do we not have legal definition of a pandemic in Canada? Yep. Why do we just have to follow their lead? What if they just lie to us? Well, there's nothing who's, wrong who's, with the World Health Organization being an early alarm system for the world. But to, yeah, like but we should it, have our own definitions. But when it is able to do this and tell you to lock your citizens down and give you guidance that you're supposed to be able to trust, and now it's just basically, you, it's basically your government at that point. No, we need to regulate that. I think this has been eye-opening for a lot of people on that regard that like these guys are relatively unchecked like bill gates and the gates foundation unchecked world health organization unchecked cdc unchecked like you need to hold these guys to account that when you roll out this information that masking will save us then like a couple months later roll out a study that says it basically does nothing okay somebody's got to be held responsible for that type of information who's losing their job right Who's losing their job? Who's losing like, at the very minimal? That should be the talk. But why when is it, it okay as a someone who's in a health who's it is reliable like their job is literally to have reliable factual information? How is it okay for someone from the World Health Organization or the CDC to come to you and say masking will help and get your case counts down? 
And yeah. then when they actually do the studies based upon facts, it says the exact opposite. Why is it okay that you didn't pre you presented it to us without fact? And then when you did, it was the exact opposite that it's okay for you to do yeah. that. And you're not held responsible a, for anything. Here's another one that should be required for any governmental paper. If you're making decisions based on modeling, if any of your statistics that you've included have modeling, if anything a part of anything that you're announcing has modeling based on it, it should be primary front page, first page, modeling projections based on and where, what table you use, what stats, everything. Because the amount of information we've gotten, not based on facts, but based on modeling to project here, has been another major. On issue. single variable modeling. And then I got to <laughs> see posts from like Ryan Ingram talking about, well, then you take it, you multiply it by four, then again by two. I'll see if I can dig that up and send it to you because he was talking about <laughs> how he went about figuring out a, a number. And I'm like, you didn't explain once why you multiply it by four or by two. Like, You need to dig in that. You, and this need is the to, thing. you need to be transparent and you can't close schools. Speaking of, we were gonna touch on that. Yeah, you can't close schools on single variables, like mobility. One variable, if we move around more, we get sick more. Well, that's not necessarily true. Where am I moving around? I could hop in my car and drive 500 kilometers and not see anyone. And you're assuming that there's infectiousness if you're asymptomatic. There's yeah, like, and you would still have to cross paths with someone who's sick, and yep. you would still have to have a, a weaker immune system that would allow you to get sick, and then you would still have to come in contact with someone else to spread it. Let me write that down. I'm going to dig into – I want to know what the modeling of asymptomatic spread is in Canada. Like, what do they consider – the possibility of asymptomatic spread here in Canada. We had, I mean, there was a study they did on healthcare workers in Canada netted a 0.16% positivity rate on testing of asymptomatic 0.16? And how many were actually infectious? They, I bet you they weren't even sending it off. I don't think they even dug deep enough. I think they actually injured a couple of the nurses from the nasal mm. swabs and they basically, everybody was pissed off and didn't want to get tested every Very day again. Barrier membrane. And that's that basically the gist of the study was like, yeah, I didn't really know the results. People were pissed off and we injured a couple of people. Sorry about that. <laughs> our bad. Let's but hit this our own government knows, but uh, I'd see if we can dig that up over the next little bit. All right. Toronto Sun, Anthony Fury. Fury uh, says, Fury Canadian kids hospitalized with COVID and previously thought report shows. The real number of Canadian kids admitted to the hospital because of COVID-19 is also much or is much lower than the data previously indicated, according to a new report from Public Health Agency of Canada. She had another piece. Oh man, piece. It's an, <laughs> she had another piece of contextual information that should hopefully tamp down concerns and also uh, serve to help the cause of those medical experts and parents eager to get life back to normal for Canadian kids. So it said only 36.6% of pediatric patients hospitalized with COVID-19 were admitted due to acute respiratory infections. So over 60% weren't admitted due to acute respiratory infection, meaning it's not COVID that put them there. Yeah. Shocker. They lied. <laughs> no! <laughs> no, you don't say. Like, what you, you messaged me the other day. Are you getting tired of being right, Paul? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just sent kind of, yeah. each other articles all the time. And it's like, hey, didn't we say this months ago? Hey, this like this was, keeps happening. And then the data comes out. And it feels to me like they're stating the obvious 
of what any person who could think based on the data presented already would say. And it keeps coming out. And yeah, you just, you keep being right. And I, <laughs> how many times? How many times do we got to be right before somebody listens? You know what I mean? Like at this point, if they allowed Diverge Media to run the province, oh, we would be a better off. <laughs> Although it would not take much to steer us in a better direction. Yeah, bit, yeah, it wouldn't take much. I mean, basically, just let the province open and get back to normal, and then I would, I would magically, guys, yeah, I, would, we're like, I would be we're the like, best for COVID. I would go cycle threshold is thirty eight. Well, they're gonna drop that down to twenty five. <laughs> disappear. And then and you guys go. It's amazing. Whatever Greg did was amazing. And anybody who tried to criticize me based on the PCR cycle threshold, I'd take him the task over. <laughs> it, it would be a lot of pro-choice decisions like, hey, wear a mask if you want to. Hey, social yeah, distance if you want crazy. You can. But we're at that point where, choice. like, our, our, our elderly and vulnerable are vaccinated. Yeah. Right? Like, that's what you wanted in her, like, this whole formula, like we talked about earlier in this stream, was, like, allow the healthy working class individuals to bear the blunt of it because they're healthy enough to while protecting your elderly until you can get them vaccinated. Vaccinations should not be the be-all, end-all for the entire population, as, first of all, we're not even testing people for immunity before we give them a vaccine. And shocker, turns out people who have had COVID are having serious adverse effects. Well, effects more, more yeah. than people who haven't had COVID. Why aren't we testing for that? Because it's a waste of a vaccine, is what it is while exposing people to illness so like at this point we're past that point where like our vulnerable is essentially taken care of and like i've said it numerous times life has inherent risks and your own health is your own responsibility if you're waiting around for the rest of the canadians to keep you safe from health problems you're gonna be waiting around for forever because you're the one who's responsible for your health if you are 50, 60, 70 pounds overweight, that's not my fault, right? Like, it's not. Like, if you wanted to be healthier, you don't hide away from viruses. People still have to live their lives. It's not, it's not anyone's fault. Sometimes it's not even your fault, but it's not the rest of society's burden that there are unhealthy individuals within a society. It's generally a government's burden to figure out how to manage it so surge capacities for out, like flu seasons having the right you know equipment having the right trained professionals things like that that can treat these not locking down and causing a three and a half year backlog of surgeries so like it would at this point you really could like the goal statistically would be to get your vulnerable we knew who the vulnerable was based upon that one year of like Hey, we already see it's like ravaging elderly. It's like 80 percentage of their death. Two months right. in, you would have known the problem. We didn't know right away. So it's like, hey, we <laughs> got to protect these guys and get them vaccinated. Once they were vaccinated, it's like, ta-da. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, our death rate has very, very little variance to it for the last like i don't even know i couldn't even go back that far it has been months down. and months and months in between like 40 20. Really. Let's, let's see i got all time here um all right first wave second wave i guess we can do that i'll pull this up for everyone here this is from ontario 
uh, COVID-19Ontario.ca data. Can everyone see this? It's kind of hard to see. But, uh, yeah, this is where we're at now. So your first wave, basically, I don't know what this is. This might have been a data cleaning initiative or something here. That looks out. But basically, there's your seasonality, second wave, and then coming out of it. Yeah. So, like, here, like, you see this, a little bit of peak up. They had the same thing there. And then back sorry, sorry, is this case counts or is this death? This is deaths. Case counts is uh, similar. Like so look, seven, seven the past thirty days. Yeah, I mean that's just a product of like changing the PCR rate for the vaccinated. We vaccinated. Well, that was did, was that us too? Because I don't know. I haven't looked into that. I think it that was. was. So as the CDC recommended that people that have been vaccinated be tested if have in case symptoms. 28, I think that was the number, 28 cycle threshold instead of like whatever else they're running. Uh, texts are, sorry, the states doesn't have to disclose by state what their cycle thresholds are. I learned that out today. Which is concerning too, because like you can obviously finesse that narrative if you're not using a PCR in like a, like a ramp up testing. So that you it could, checks, you could at this, checks at this, checks at this. If you just do flatline and it only checks at like, whatever you set it at, then yeah, you can finesse the narrative very easily. So it's, we've yeah. talked about that for a year now that it's like, it's pretty easy to finesse the case counts. If we're going to build everything up case counts, we're screwed. Cause it's, guess what? We'll be going back to lockdown once fall hits. Well, this is let's, okay. We're going to end it here. We're pretty much at the end of our show, but let's have one blunt conversation about one topic. And that is, I don't think we're opening up this summer. Um, there's a lot of optimistic people based on the reopening plans, the ifs and maybes and, and uh, the kind of language they were using, the 60% vaccination rate, the consideration that we're months behind the only other country um, to hit that number, which is Israel, and they're a smaller population of 75% smaller, roughly. So I don't think we're hitting that number this summer, and I think we'll be back into full lockdown with the outdoor perks taken away again. That's what I expect. But yeah. it's a seasonal virus. I don't care what anyone says. I've been looking at enough studies. I mean, I have it right here um, from my article. I'll read medical study, direct quote, and then we'll get your thoughts. Between the time when COVID-19 transitioned from being an epidemic to being declared a real pandemic of global significance, regions with higher temperatures greater than 20 degrees still reported lower numbers of COVID-19 cases than those with lower temperatures. Notably, 90% of SARS-CoV-2 transmission occurred within temperature ranging uh, between 3 degrees and 17 degrees in February and March of 2020. This is from a medical paper titled, Is Coronavirus Disease Seasonal? A Critical Analysis of Empirical and Epidemiological Studies of Global Scale. So that's, let's get your take here, Paul. That's uh, That was in sciencedirect.com. Uh, hosted that one, published it. Yeah. I'm not shocked by anything. I'm so desensitized to this crap. <laughs> like if we're like... We're not opening. No. I mean, UK's at 50 like, let's, months ahead, everyone. Like, why did we get so optimistic all of a sudden? Can somebody riddle me that? Why did somebody it's, all believe this now all of a sudden? Like, oh, yeah, they said we got them. Just send them. I've seen numerous posts from the on my social media feeds from the most liberal of people I know who all of a sudden had an about face when they saw this rollout plan of 70%. They were like, whoa, wait. Why, what? why do we need to convince people? It's one thing to be like, if you want it, come get it. But you can see people be like, are 70% of people actually going to get it? Yep. Why are we dangling our freedoms 
to entice them to get it? And what about people who have already had it in the States? What about people who medically can't have it? Like, why even bother giving it to someone who is medicated for Crohn's when their medication kills the vaccine? Well, let's just do it for a statistic. Like, why? Like, I don't. It's one thing if you want to, and maybe a bit of it takes. Sure, but like to say that we have to get this X amount into arms in order for you to have your life back. It's coercion. Call how long is. at that point is just like how long till this government leaves office? Because if get out of here. I'm sorry, like the NDP block green, they're backing a lot of these things. C ten. Yeah, well no one NDP. likes no one likes the block and the NDP are broke, so Yeah. How many backroom handshake deals have happened because of those two things? Is I, the block has a little power that they can get some of their policy through right now, and they're going to lose a lot of seats. Yep. Probably to the PPC of Quebec. It feels like PPC. Only federal party against lockdowns. I don't know where. You know, you don't have to love them. You don't have to like them. But that's just that's a stated fact at this point. There's been no other well, party. To voice I say them. that because of that, and Quebec's been hit really hard, and Bernier's yeah. from there. Yep. So their leaders from there, they were under curfew. They hate this crap. They've been protesting it for a long time. Yep. Their separation talk hasn't really, it kind of came up, but like maybe that's just one of those things to convince people that they still want to do it. So the block has some sort of weight to pull around. But like I, I, they're definitely gonna lose some seats, and then the NDP's broke. It's one of like the worst kept secrets that they they got no money, so they're doing anything and everything to delay an election, which yeah. means supporting a liberal government. It's it's a scary thing. I again, like we're supposed to be open up like end of June. I like that's what they expect. But again, June fourteenth is like supposed to be the next step. Then we gotta wait three weeks for the next step, and then three weeks. Which makes no sense either. They keep claiming science, but vaccines take effect in two weeks, so we're waiting three now all of a sudden. Well, I, yeah, no, and we're at the point where basically you're being told you don't really see any clear endpoint on this into tie reopening somebody's businesses, potentially losing their house and all these type of things to whether or not enough of the Canadian population is willing to get a vaccine under interim approval for a disease that may or may not affect them is not only a grotesque violation of our rights, but ethically and morally just straight wrong. It's disgusting. Well, that, that and like trying to convince 12 year olds to oh, get they, vaccines. That's and just you don't morally. have to tell your parents, by the way. Yeah. And then I've seen stuff circulate online where police are like preventing adults from entering areas of which they're administering these vaccines to minors. So like no parental consent is needed for a 12 year old to go get a vaccine right now that is under interim status, has more side effects than any other vaccine cumulative in the history of mankind. And won't prevent transmission. What are we doing in this country is the question right? you should be I, asking. Here's my biggest issue with the, the vaccine and we'll close out on this, but okay, again, it, if it only reduces uh, if it only reduces symptoms, thereby reducing transmission, or, or they are thereby reducing hospital burden, this is their argument. Then can't we not get it and still stay home if sick? Like, is that not on the table anymore? Like, they act like this can't well, be a part of the narrative. Like, we can't just be more aware. 
Well, the narrative will disappear quickly because like once this pandemic narrative disappears, do you think I'm going to get paid to be at home when I'm sick in the winter after this? Nope. They're not going to make it. So I get paid sick days. They don't care. Like, and not, like we're not opening anytime soon. Like, you think the winter's going to hit and cases are going to spike and the quarantine hotels are going to, if they haven't got told to piss off by the court system, do you think you're still not going to need a negative test? Do you think you're not going to need to isolate for two weeks? Don't you just think keep those travel that. restrictions aren't going to be on in the winter? If you got like a wedding, destination wedding this winter? Yeah. <sighs> I got the data for uh, here by popular request this is reopening step one step one of the roadmap begins when 60 percent of ontario adults receive at least one dose of a covid 19 vaccine here's what we were talking about the language listen closely everyone public health indicators such as hospitalizations icu occupancy and new admissions and case rates indicate the province can safely move to this step of the roadmap what's the number no right? number no so number again that's what i hated last time with them in these lockdowns is they never actually cited, hey, once cases get over this number, we need to lock down. It was just, well, it's bad again. Like, well, when is it bad? Like, what? At what? what's the threshold? Like, you've, you've given us nothing. You just, <laughs> but you, what you blows, know what I mean? What blows it's just me away projections. Back. Just projections. It's going to get worse. Projections that are wildly inaccurate. Uh, like it's this is what's point where people are online making fun of their modeling and doing their own modeling that is more accurate and they have like no educational background. We're at like comic levels of modeling and I got to sit back and watch Ryan Ingram who does the modeling basically insult every woman of intelligence on his page. Well, he does for questioning uh, anything he does. He just, it's specifically women, which is right. concerning. He's still employed by the way, you got to watch him just like backpedal, yell at everybody. He's yelling at clouds at this point. He's well, grasping at straws, but he still is claiming that he's the rightest man in the country with this modeling, even though he hasn't been anywhere in the ballpark the entire pandemic. But he does the transmission rates or something like that, doesn't he? That's like the only match. He does the, the RT, yeah, he does the rate of transmission. Yeah. So, but he's the only guy who does that. Yep. And, and he was wrong and, the entire time. And we're still like, if I was wrong at my job for an entire year, first of all, <laughs> I probably wouldn't make it the whole year. No, nope. I would be fired. But well, just looking like watching like the building burn around them. And they're just sitting there like that, that cart, that <laughs> meme. That's just like, this is fine. Like, cause they're just yelling at everybody and be like, no, I'm right. No, screw you. I'm right. But like, you can tell that everyone hates them and it's all coming to an end and the walls are crashing down. Yeah. The echo chamber. I'm sad I, I, well, I'm sad I get to miss a bit of it cause I'm blocked by half of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I wish I almost, I might just create a second Twitter page and follow them just so I can watch the crash and burn. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> but I want to pull this. So I want to pull this back. To, okay, so if we're really good, right, and we do exactly as the government tells us and 60% of adults get vaccinated, and if all the numbers meet their whatever arbitrary um, standard and threshold, because they won't tell you what that actually is, here's the minute amount of freedom we get back. And this is what I'm saying. We need to just open businesses. If you're going to be serious about saving your business at this point, look at the writing on the wall, please. 
outdoor gatherings, if we do, 60% of adults are everyone's good, right? Okay. Outdoor gatherings of up to 10 people. Outdoor. Outdoor dining of up to Knowing four that people outdoor per table. transmission, follow the science. Outdoor transmission is almost non-existent. Follow the science. You can only have 10 people. Yep. Even if you social distance. You Extremely low. Less than 1%. Don't shake hands. We learned this week. You don't shake hands or you get COVID tickets. It's true, yep. Outdoor. Was that the no more lockdowns get together that they had that they gave out tickets to the organizers because they shook hands? Yep. They shook hands with uh, somebody in the crowd. I could have got nailed at a few events then. <laughs> I've been hoping and praying for one just so I can go through the process of fighting it, just so we could document it for Diverge. I'm more yeah. than happy to financially bear the blunt if I actually had to pay for it just to have that happen. But I fully expect. I have been literally breaking the law every day of these lockdown orders, and I haven't got a single one yet. So, if anybody's out there listening, you just, if you want to hand out one of those tickets, um, <laughs> it wouldn't be hard. You wouldn't have to hang around me very long to find one, find yeah. a reason to get one. So you just got to get on a stage. That's all. As soon as you get on a stage or your um, media that they don't think legitimate media that looks too friendly with people who spoke on stage then you get fined that's yeah. what it's about so i want to finish this if you're really really good you can also have outdoor fitness classes personal training up to 10 people essential retail at 25 percent capacity and can sell all goods oh goody we can have our goods back that should have never been roped off it's the stupidest thing ever yeah. non-essential retail 15 percent retail stores in malls close still unless the stores have a street facing entrance outdoor religious uh services rights are um capacity limited to permit physical distancing of two meters horse racing motor without spectators outdoor horse racing. like this is a joke everyone i'm sorry it's this serious. is literally crumbs of your freedom back. So I will say most retail doesn't really need 100% capacity because yeah. they almost never hit 100% capacity. But they probably need, yeah, they probably need 50 and that isn't even that. Restaurants specifically That's dumb. need that capacity because of the waves that they go through, right? Like the dinner rush and the breakfast rush that they need it to survive. But even just let them balance it in the summer to be like, we can have people serving up food on the patio with a couple people inside distance so that they can get the equivalent of a full building. I'm way past that. Just Between the two. <laughs> like, well, yeah, me too. Like, I would love to just, like, open up because I'm, I'm very, very convinced with all the data we've looked at that it's very safe. Um, it doesn't take much to convince even most people are looking at this data that it's very safe for the general population to be out and about at this point, but yeah, at least give them that and this, these staging so that they, whatever the, like if they can fit 70 people in their building, let them have 35, 35 or 50, 20 or something that gets them to that like 70, 75 ish range between both avenues of patio and indoor, because the guess what? Some people don't have patios that they can serve no. food on. The issue so is if you're the gonna go the outdoor route, some people are still going to struggle and close because of it. So it's it's not enough. Even if they need to stop this, they need to just open up. And this whole restricted reopening—it's nonsense. It's a PR campaign so they can justify their nonsense for the last year and a bit. Like we need to open up. Healthy people aren't spreading this. Um, it's like if yeah. you know what I mean. Like so, there's That's no all that reason. It's like the vulnerable has been vaccinated. We've yes. educated you on what causes this. If you have 
comorbidities, it could hit you hard. Sick yep. people get sick people uh, get people sick, not asymptomatic people. If you're sick, stay home. Offer some avenues that you can do that with paid sick days. Yeah. And some, you know, they some actual solutions. How's about we give our nurses a raise for what they've gone through this past year? Please and thank you. You said you would. You still haven't. I, I don't even say give them a raise. I think that's the wrong approach. I'll just leave this here. Hire more. I don't. Hire more nurses, and then they don't need to be overburdened. If they, the wage is probably okay if they didn't have to get worked into the ground all the time. But don't promise a wage increase for pandemic pay and then never deliver on it. But then Absolutely. you give it to other people. And then on top of that, fix our surge capacity because it's an embarrassment to a developed nation. Absolute embarrassment. If you wanted to find any state in the United States and see how many beds that they have compared to what Ontario has, Dane, find Dane. a population that's even on par with ours at 14 million. It would be like probably 10 times less in Ontario. Like that, like it's embarrassing. It's actually embarrassing how bad our medical system is. Fix it. said seven or eight times more beds per capita in Texas compared to Alberta. Yeah, it's embarrassing, right? Like, where do, how do you justify, you're basically essentially just creating a triage every winter, no matter what, pan, like, I don't care if there is a pandemic or not. There's viruses in this world that create these scenarios if you don't have enough beds. Speaking like, of, we'll cap it off here. 2017. Ontario hospitals sounding alarm over potential flu season capacity crisis, right? I wrote this article a while back, taking archives. They said the Ontario Hospital Association said wait times recorded this summer, this is three years, four years ago, <clears throat> were the highest since the province began tracking nine years ago. And they were on par with the peak flu season wait times normally seen in January and February. That's scary, isn't it? Literally summer peak times in three years, four years ago, we're on par with the winter peak time. So it's begun to become seemingly a worse issue as the years have gone on. Yeah, There's which no is recall. like not helping our case now because there's going to be fudging a data as an outcry for funding. We already saw it with kids. Like maybe that's one of the reasons why the data was incorrect for kids or to scare them into vaccines or to scare them into school closures. There's a narrative behind the narrative. I don't think it was just oopsies. Like it's never an oopsies. Like they're not dumb. Just like there was like $1.1 billion or whatever that disappeared in pandemic funding. 4. Sure 4. it did. 4. 4. Wait, 4. no, no, no. That's sure not, it did. Sorry, I'm sure not, it did. Guys. That's a different one. You're talking about a different one. I'm talking about Ontario. Audit flags issued with tracking Ontario pandemic pay program, other COVID expenses. $4.4 billion in relief spending was not being tracked. And the audit also found the program had, or sorry, the audit also found the program had weak processes to verify funds went to eligible people, and it found out they failed to track the $4.4 billion in COVID-19 relief nine, uh, spending yeah, properly. Just disappeared, I'm sure. Didn't end up in <laughs> a bunch of buddies' pockets. Versus like, didn't get it. You know, I said this a couple of weeks ago. The worst part is none of the problems that we actually have in our society are actually going to get fixed at the end of this, and we blew all this money. How much money did you spend on advertising for COVID and didn't spend on LTCs? Ask me if I give a crap what your opinion is anymore. Is you, to me, like these politicians who push these avenues are scum of the earth type individuals that don't deserve to even be in the same room as me. I want you nowhere near me. Like oh, that's where we're at. You literally put money into commercials instead of saving lives in LTCs. Ask me if I care about your opinion. Yeah. I don't. No, they've morally lost any 
You don't need any data to support that, to say that this is a better idea. You don't need any. You can just tell that guy to shut up and get out because he's an idiot. And yeah, it, it is unbelievable how much money has been spent during all of this. And it's like, what notable investments were made in our hospital system and our long-term care? Six and a half million dollars on watches that told us to stand six feet apart, except like even though we have eyes. Yeah. We wasted not, money on that and then deemed it too expensive to take care of our LTCs. Ask me if I give a shit. Yeah. And, I, you know, Ruth put this out and it's like, meanwhile, if you're a taxpayer and you're, she's like, I, I paid for this all of my life. She's about to turn 65. Yeah. And so yeah. you're like watching your government mismanage, not only like everything you work for, but also like the future. So like, here's the flip side of this and we'll close out on this and I'll get your thoughts, but 303,350 people died in 2020. Like, 15,000 up compared to normal. And a lot of that would be due to with lockdown itself. And we threw away the prosperity of our future. Likely as a result, we've thrown away one fifth of jobs in Ontario, one six a job, uh, one out of six jobs in Canada. And that's if we don't keep extending this. That's if like kumbaya things open up. Well, we already know it causes more harm than good and they refuse to pivot. But like this is, you're looking at this through a lens of a one year sample size. The trickle down effect of this is going to be happening for years and deaths are going to be caused because of this for years, because you've closed businesses, because there's going to be no jobs coming, because government money is going to dry up, because inflation is going to go up, because your kids missed two years of school, essentially. Because they there's going to be all of these masks for a year and a half. Yep. So when there's jobs out there that require constructive thinking, and your child missed two years of school and where they were in a development phase that could have taught that through being in-person interaction with an, a teacher and they say oh you know this young generation doesn't really have that skill yep and now they're getting passed over for jobs because there's a bias towards them and now they're suffering because of it and now they're like these are all the things i saw somebody put put this out there about cost benefit analysis and there's you know this is just a sample of like why you need to do it um closing down pool and swimming lessons um could potentially like for example just throw out random numbers could potentially save one like an outdoor swimming lesson could potentially save say one elderly individual okay well how many kids now do not know how to swim Yep. How many are now going to drown? What if that number is 10? Should we lock down to save that one elderly? Like we're adults, right? Like you have to have this conversation about the body count. Like that's what we're trying to do in this scenario, right? Is like do what's best for society in all avenues of what we do. But this one happens to include people who are going to pass because of pass away because of the decisions we make. If that, this is what a cost benefit analysis does, because if you're just looking at it through the lens of COVID, you say, we got to lock them down, close it off, mobility, we'll save this life. Okay, well, if you're looking at it from a cost benefit analysis, you ask that second question, you ask that third question, you ask that fourth question. It's hundreds of questions. What if, what if, what if, what if, okay, how many instructors per kid, how many, like, can we find that balance where it's like, if this, you know, we're a true pandemic, you know, and we had to actually make that decision where it's like, 
well, cost benefit analysis may say that like you can have one-on-one -on -one instruction throughout the day or that you could have this or you could have that, but you need to come to some sort of grounds to say, this is what works best. But like the fact is just say, we can't have it at all and not even acknowledge the fact that there's going to be a bunch of kids that never actually return to those swim lessons and never learn to swim and are now going to drown because of it. And it will probably happen in their teens when they start dabbling into things they probably shouldn't, but we all do like alcohol and you're at the cottage and you go get tossed into the water playfully and oh yeah that person doesn't know how to swim we hear those stories every summer yep. it could happen more small. often and like that's just like a snippet of what like a cost benefit analysis on a micro scale could bring you to light yep. you know what i mean and that's why it's so crucial you do it but we've canceled any constructive thinking we've canceled any thinking that doesn't go co-align with public health narrative. They've literally come out and said that. It's not even me just making that up. They've literally told doctors not to, like publicly not to go against, yep. you know, the public health narrative. Don't so criticize like, it basically is what they've been told. Is I saw one of, the science, one of the science table members be like, you know, there's a lot we could learn from this pandemic. I, it was nice to see the narrative is like they're talking as if it's almost over. It's nice to see that switch flip. But this, they want to like, save themselves. Dude, what do you think we could do in the future? And I was like, maybe not have a one way thinking bias science table make every decision. We'll start there, maybe. Yeah. And it's like, there's not a lot of alternative thought from that science table, is the, the point we're getting at. They were handpicked to fit the narrative that the government wanted, and we weren't able to pivot from it the entire time. And I'm sure there's going to be some laws in place at some point because of that. Well, I would hope so. Yeah, I, it's gone on for too long. There needs to be accountability. And speaking bluntly about this, it's yeah, that cost benefit analysis, like the swimming thing, might seem like it's a ridiculous example, but like it's meant to be. That's literally one point that you would actually look at. And it's, it's also, it's like, what is the social yeah. interaction skills? Does that affect your economy going forward? Okay, your economy might be affected because you've had a year and a half gap of miseducation, not getting properly educated or missing education entirely. How does that affect your jobs in your economy going forward? Are they an educated work staff? Like these are real questions to ask. Okay, now if your economy comes down and you have less money for your healthcare system, you can only increase taxes so much. What does that do? And you look at all these pictures and you pull the levers and you kind of work it out. They haven't done any of that. It's all been from limit mobility and will limit cases and thereby deaths. That's basically their whole reasoning for all of this. All within a vacuum, all within the lens of just COVID. We're not going to look at the economy, not going to look at housing, not going to look at when GDP goes down, people eat poorer, healthcare costs go up, right? People get sick because they're not eating properly, all these things. But that's a good place to close it out, I think, for here today. Um, do you want to leave us with anything, Paul? It's been a good rant session, I feel like. Yeah, no, it's just, I feel like we got enough off our chest today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. So if you want to support Diverge Media, we have our merch. T-shirts are in. Media is a virus. The whole premise, these are hand done or hand designed uh, with an artist that we commissioned. And the whole idea of media is a virus is viruses can infect and we can either infect people with good information or bad and we are independent. So we're trying to infect people with good information. So Media is a virus, dual meaning, $35 for that and the hats. If you can, we also take donations. 
And also just check out our website for ads. Go through the archives. There's lots of good articles in there for you. And we are getting ad revenue finally now. So thank you for visiting. Thank you for joining us today for the Monday show, the delayed Sunday show. Thanks, Paul. The holiday edition. The holiday edition. There we go. We'll go with that. Thank you, everybody, and we'll catch you next time.